Are you tired of all the voices who say, focus on the bottom line numbers? Say whatever you have to. Just close the sale. Just get the credit card. It doesn't matter what you deliver. You will never build a successful business until you grow a pair and stop caring so much. Here, we respectfully disagree. We give you permission to embrace who you are, how much you care, and encourage you to design a business that works for you and your clients. Welcome to The Art of Giving a Damn, the podcast that proves with every single episode that you can create a profitable business doing what you're passionate about and making a positive difference in the world. Now, here's your host, Michelle Schaefer. Welcome back to another episode of The Art of Giving a Damn. This episode might be a little bit different than some of the interviews I've done, but I think it's a really important issue to bring out. So Jeff, welcome to the podcast today. Well, thank you very much, Michelle. I appreciate you having me on your podcast. I remember meeting you over a year ago, and now I'm on your podcast, so... I'm delighted. Well, I'm I'm glad we connected and have had some of the conversations we have uh, the last few times that we've been in the same place at the same time. For those of you who don't know Jeff yet, Jeff Jones has expanded the context of addiction to families as a focus of skill building and practice within his online community. So you've got sequential online groups for family recovery caregivers. Right. And it represents the different phases people go through as they go through the journey of healing. Because one of the things that you and I talked about and what you specialize is in addiction and recovery, that it affects the entire family and it affects the entire community. And so often, and I know people listening, some of them are really going to connect with this. When somebody you love is going through an addiction and coming out of that, you don't get the support you need to be able to support them because it's such a, big shockwave throughout the whole family and everybody involved. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about how Jeff has taken his mission and turned it into what he's doing in business and just have a conversation around that. Before we go any further, I want to share your website for anybody who is looking for support, for help around issues like this. You can find Jeff at the family recovery solution.com, the family recovery solution.com. All right. So that said, Jeff, share with us how you got into this world and what got you started. Yeah. Well, I am a therapist. I'm an addiction counselor. I'm an interventionist. And in those roles, I saw patterns over and over. Mm -hmm. And I became curious. And actually, the patterns were, they reminded me of my own family because I grew up in a family with addiction, not my family of origin, but my grandfather. And it's, it's a long story that I, I can't get into, but it's like I was so touched mm-hmm. with these families that didn't really understand how to help. So one of the patterns is that they stay focused on that one person and mm-hmm. they don't really see how their strategy to help or their impact is a part of it. So the thinking is, you know, let's just fix Johnny and then 
it's like, we're fine here. We can go back to normal. And the definition of addiction, this is a brain disease kind of thing, reinforces seeing it as an individual problem with an individual solution. And I see it bigger than that. That makes sense. I think it is. And anybody who's been around it, experienced it, had a family member or loved one experience it, we realize it is a bigger problem and you have to have a bigger solution to it. Bingo. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So what made you decide to turn this into your life's work and <laughs> what you wanted to kind of change? Because that, that's a big leap to take. Oh and my think, God. I'm going to get people to see this differently. Oh, Michelle, I tell you, I, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm hitting my head against the wall. Um, and to me, it just seems so obvious, like something needs to be done here. Yeah. They're like, you know, my own personal family. I did not have the level of suffering that a lot of people I see do, mm -hmm. but it's like, there's so few services. I I was like, this doesn't make sense. And when I'm in the therapist role, I I have very few th so services to like refer families. Like, yeah. have you ever heard of this thing called Al-Anon? You know, and you might want to check it out. And Al-Anon can be transformative, but it's not for everybody. Yeah. You know, so um, I I don't know. So. I just saw this and over time I put together a sequence of facilitated processes. When I do an intervention, I go from an intervention kind of seamlessly into what I now call whole family healing, which is a three phase process. So I get a six month contract when I do an intervention. Mm -hmm. And so after doing that and doing that face to face for a while, I was like, wow, there's a lot of family members who can't show up face-to-face. -face. Yeah. And I, I started to put it online, and I went kicking and screaming online because I was like, there's no way possible that I can do what, yeah. what I've been doing face-to-face -face and come to find out I can do more online and um, engage more people, and there's more potential for generational healing, quite yeah quite frankly. So I, you know, it was creative and I love to kind of be creative. And um, so, and, you know, sometimes I am in this place, Jeff, why are you doing this? Like, this, like I'm. Yeah. We all ask ourselves that question from time <laughs> to time. Well, you know, I, I love that you brought up the point about the internet. I think there's so many people, I know some of those who listen to this podcast, they're either not really doing business online yet, or they're just getting started online. And it's one of those things that sometimes we look at and think, well, I don't know if that's going to work for me, but there's so much potential with the technology we have today oh. to take anything online. And I know people assume that I look a certain age. So they think, oh, you just grew up with technology. I actually didn't like the internet didn't exist. I don't remember cell phones when I was a kid. We didn't have, have all of that. You know, it came in as I was growing. And so I remember a time before technology and I'm grateful because it is something that we can take whatever our message or mission is now and reach so many people with it. Right. Yeah. 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 There's so much potential. And I am, 
you know, I'm slowly getting more and more support people and, and, and help. And I really, really need that because like, I want to focus on what I'm passionate about and I want to have good people to support me. And I'm already starting to look for other people on my team kind of thing. Yeah. Well, that's a good place to be in um, when you're moving forward with those pieces and able to really focus on what you do. That's your mission here. So let's, let's talk about what, what people can do. I mean, if you are dealing with someone else who's going through the recovery process, what do you advise people to do? Like, where do you even start yeah. To look at bigger picture and the family be there for the support and get the support. Yeah. Well, so I, I, I mean, a lot of this, it depends on the stage mm-hmm. of the individual with the addiction. So, you know, what I've done is like on my website, I have a, like a river map. And so, yeah. you know, probably for five or six years, I've been doing this whole family healing. So that's mm-hmm. at the end of the river. Okay. And at at the beginning of it is these different groups that right. match the experience family members will have with mm-hmm. their addicted loved ones. So initially they first start to worry. Yep. And worry could be something like not even specific to one person. Mm-hmm. Worry could be something like hey, we used to have a lot of spoons in, in the kitchen. You know, and now there's only one. What's up with, and like, what's with the spoons? And it's like, huh, I don't get it. And, you know, we all kind of know spoons are connected with heroin. Um, And so there's the worry stage. And then next it's, it's, it's like, there's a specific concern Mm -hmm. and they, you know, may try to talk or have conversation, specific concern and then it goes to crisis, right. and then intervene and change and integrate, and then the whole family healing. So each one of those is the family member's experience. The thing that I love about the river is once you get out of the main current of the river, you get pushed off to the side. And actually, the water at the side of the river in an eddy, it goes upstream. So it's going round and round. And actually, from that... Um, crisis intervene you can go back to concern and then crisis intervene concern and people can stay there for years or lifetime just going round and round there so your question about what can people do Mm -hmm. it really relates to where are they at because even when their loved one says well i can do this myself i'll go to aa and i'll handle this or i'll go to outpatient or i'll get myself an individual therapist or whatever. Um, it's, it's like the problem's not over and family members have a role. And when their loved one does reach out, that change and integrate group would be a, like a place that they could get resources, that they could be in a group to kind of learn and understand how they can be more helpful without repeating what they have done before. Right. So, you know, and I could say the same thing with like the worry and concern stage or the crisis intervene back to concern. Um, There's just, I mean, 
Some of it is individual conversation. So in a general way, one-on-one addiction always wins. But what I really like to encourage people to do is to really, people who are doing their own work, their own Mm -hmm. transformative work, their own connection with themselves in a deep way, like they can connect with their loved one in a deep way. And there are ways to connect with a person's personhood as opposed to the addiction. So Mm -hmm. one of the things that I say that's helpful is, you know, try to, in your mind, in your thinking, separate addiction from the personhood of your loved one. And in your language, try to separate your loved one from addiction. So I oftentimes talk about addiction as if it's another person kind of thing. You know, I, I love that distinction. And it's, it's a conversation I've had with others who work in different types of interventions with poverty and other things to really distinguish there is a person here who is temporarily experiencing this thing, but it's not who they are. It's not part of them. It's something they're going through. And if you can separate that and get back to the core of who someone is, right. there's, there's a power in that that I think sometimes we miss. Yeah. And I mean, so I'm a therapist and here I'm going to say something about therapists that isn't, it doesn't apply to all, all therapists, but I like the therapist language Mm -hmm. has contributed to shaming family Mm -hmm. members. Like, Hey, you're just, you're, you're codependent, you're enabling, you know, and it's like that language came from the Mm eighties and there were some good things about it, but it's like, when a family member is in crisis, they're in crisis. Their right. nervous system is activated. They, they don't have a lot of blood going to the part of their brain where they can make the best decisions. Yeah. So just trying to find a way to, for them to calm down, to get more blood to their cortex, they can make better decisions right mm-hmm. there. And like that mm-hmm. is a way to see that individual in crisis as opposed to see them as an enabler. Mm-hmm. Quick little story here. There, the drugs are, you know, five years ago or something, mm-hmm. this guy, Dr. Thomas McClellan, mm-hmm. and um, he knows more about drugs than anyone in the country. Huh. His son had an um an overdose. Mm-hmm. And I saw this, this, this video about him kind of saying, Hey, I'm the person in the country who should know the most. This happened to me. And at that moment, I did not know what to do. Mm-hmm. So every one of us, when we get activated enough, when we see our loved ones struggling, damn near dying, yeah. it's like shit happens. Yeah. Excuse well, my language. No, it's, it's hard to, take yourself out and separate how you feel about somebody you want to help. And I think you're right. If we can look at it and go, okay, here's some tools. Here's, here's the skills. Here's what you need to do and support families with that instead of judging them and putting labels on them at a time when, like you said, your brain is not functioning right? like normal when you're in that crisis mode. And I think so often families want to help. They just don't know how they don't know what to do. Right. This isn't something that they teach us in school. I mean, I grew up in a culture, and, I, and this is one reason I see what you're saying about it being a bigger problem. I grew up in rural Alaska, 
and the natives in the town I was in actually voted for the town to be dry. There was no alcohol allowed oh, to be wow. sold there because it had been such an issue. And they saw how it was ruining lives, tearing apart families. They banned it. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. So I grew up in a little bit of a different environment. And watching how the community really did step up and take that responsibility and say, no, we're going to do things differently here because we see yeah. the problems. Yeah. Um it gives you a different perspective, right? <laughs> wow. I, yeah. Just yeah. what you you mentioned there, Michelle, I would love to get the name of that town, that that community. Oh, sure. Just yes. for my own little, that big, be, be, because that's what I'm trying to do on a larger scale is connect families mm-hmm. to families and to create conditions where families can support other families. And, you know, there's a lot of different levels to what I'm trying to do from individual coaching to group coaching to the whole family healing one family at a time kind of thing Mm -hmm. to families helping families. And it's like, this is, this is possible. This is not rocket science. The internet like has the tools to make this possible. Yeah. Like, why are we as a country not doing this? I don't get it. Yeah. You know, that that's one of the things that strikes me about the time we live in. There is such ability with technology to actually take the things that previous generations saw as problems and wanted to solve and tried to solve. We have the ability to actually move towards that solution so much faster because of the connection we have. Um, yeah, so for for your notes and anybody else listening who's curious, I grew up in Bethel, Alaska. I spent 13 years of my life there from the time I was about four. And uh, it was it was different. I mean, there was a lot of alcohol abuse. There was a lot of problems like that, that the community got creative, I think, in a lot of ways. And the health corporation there looked at, okay, what do we need to really do to support changing this? Um, yeah. And it does. Yeah. It affects the entire family. It affects the entire community. And sometimes it requires drastic measures. Um, I didn't know until I was a teenager that that was not normal. I thought that. Was, I just thought that was the way, way communities worked. Um, but it, it's it's one of those things that I'm thankful for it because it did give me that perspective of yeah. you know there is an element of social responsibility Whoa. where we can step up and help each other. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that I see if I'm going to, you know, step up on my soapbox just a little bit is go for it. Our culture is an incubator for addiction. Yeah. There's many things out there in, in the form of privileges that we have in the form of things that people make money off of. And, you know, things that we really love and enjoy that we can become addicted to. And, you know, we're supposed to be able to navigate that process ourselves. And a lot of people do. Yeah. And our, our culture, like with the, like many drugs, they just get more refined and more refined and more powerful and more powerful and more. And it's like what that, like when I grew up, like I like to smoke pot and pot was like 4% THC. Oh, wow. That it was like dirt weed. And, (laughs) and now it's, it's like 30 or 40% and wax 
or shatter yeah. is, is like 90% and it's like, this is like tripping material and it's yeah. legal now. And so the culture contributes to this problem. And what your community did in Alaska is kind of what I see that families can do. They can create protective yes. factors, essentially, to create conditions that are inhospitable for right. addiction to grow. Families can do that, like with the family rules, with mm-hmm. kind of like the way they interact with one another, yeah. um, and having dinner together, staying connected, doing things together. Um, and not all families, like there isn't one prescription that right. every family. Families need to really talk about this together and I mean, it may be easier if it's like mom and dad and they have two kids and they're not quite teenagers yet and mom and dad are both on the same page. Mm-hmm. It might be easier. But if, if one of them like is smoking pot on a regular basis, this is going to be hard for them to create conditions in their own family, like the community that you grew up in. Yeah. And and yet that's such an important thing to do. I think that's one of the things that I appreciated was there were certain boundaries that I grew up with that made it really not a temptation or not an issue. And, and the way to approach that really does depend on the person's personality. I I know other families who their parents approached it completely differently, but it worked. So like you said, it's not a one size fits all. It's more looking at, okay, who is the person in there? What's their personality? How do I support their goal to, you know, get away from that addiction, be in recovery. Um, and it's, it's one of those things that there's a million solutions. You just got to find the one that works for the person you love. Who's yeah, absolutely. And I really love what you said. There's a lot of solutions. You just need to find the right one. Yeah. And how do we do that? You know, families so oftentimes feel isolated and they have no choices. And when they start talking with others and go, oh, you've been through this mm-hmm. too? Well, what did you try? What worked? What, what didn't work? And those kind of conversations, those are golden. Yes. That's the conversations we need to be having more of. And instead of putting a stigma or judgment on it, just saying, hey, you know what? This is part of the human experience right now at this period in time. What are we going to do about it? Let's right. just have a discussion. I love that. Well, for those of you listening who heard Jeff talking about his um, river map, if you go to his website at thefamilyrecoverysolution.com, yes, thefamilyrecoverysolution.com, we'll put a link near this video or audio wherever you're listening, and scroll down on the page a little bit. You'll see not just that map, but each of those phases if you click on them, take you to a page where Jeff's recorded a video specifically about what to do in that phase, what your next steps could be, and, and how to figure out where you're at um, and do something about it. I just wanted to mention that for anybody who's, who's listening and, and really thinking, okay, I, I feel like I'm in crisis or I feel like I'm in worry. What do I do? You can find resources on Jeff's site that will help you navigate through that and eventually get to the end of that. Uh, path. So Wow. Thank you very much, Michelle. Yeah. Thank you for what you're doing and for coming on and sharing a bit with us about it. I appreciate uh, your perspective on it and what you're working to change. I think it's really important. 
Well, thank you. All right. And thank you to everybody who's tuned in and listened today. Again, if you, someone you know, or anybody in your world is dealing with these issues, send them to Jeff's site or reach out to Jeff, have a conversation with him about what you can do, how you can get the support you need to make a difference because you're there. If you see this, somebody is depending on you to be the one that helps them out. So take some action, share this with anybody you know who would find it useful. And thank you again for tuning in today.